0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: You're listening to Winds Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett, and Steve Gisweli.
2: Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 66. We're talking late season ads today, and it is the type of podcast content we all need because you look out on the free agents, and there's not a ton to get excited about, Steve. You got to squint this time of year, but love having you guys here with us, trying to take you down the home stretch with some actionable advice. And today we're going to be talking through a ton of names and just giving a quick rundown on whether we're buying a recent breakout or pretty much any advantage we think we can give whether batters pitchers steve i feel like we need any advantage at all as i'm in a food coma you're in uh, the throes of fatherhood uh but it's gonna be a fun show man i'm looking forward to it how's it going over there
1: it's good man uh yeah we were just saying let's save it for the show but uh I don't know why I feel more fatigued with fantasy baseball uh now than I do like right before the all-star break or even even right after it. You kinda get a, a jolt of momentum from missing those games that week, but uh after this it's like it, it, it's a drag man. I was talking to King Hippo in the Discord, he just posted the other day, he's like, Is anyone like completely drained out from fantasy baseball? It's like, yeah. Uh, especially me, who's like a, a serial box score checker. You know, I check uh-huh. basically every at-bat for most of my teams and know what's going on in every game all day long. It, it's it's a grind. Uh, and now is when it's starting to hit you. Um, but I, I guess with that, there, there's some things to take advantage of, right? We always talk about how if you stick with it, like fantasy football is coming up and, you know, teams are, you know, out of it in head to head and roto league, so there, there's some advantage to be had. So, um, while it's not like the early season breakouts or anything like that, that you can jump on, and guys like the Cedric Mullins of last year, but there's like the I don't know, uh, Tommy Edmund from 2019, right, that, that comes along in August, you know, oh, for uh, sure, things yeah. like that. So, um, there's still, there's still there's still value on your wire right like i feel like at this point like it's such a drain like you wake up you look at your wave wire it's the same guys you don't want to add anyone and it's like what is this crap uh oh sorry nick uh excuse my language there but what is this poop um and uh you know there, there's seemingly nothing there but there's some diamond diamonds in the rough uh and some performances go easily overlooked because it is so far into the season. Yeah. You know, we're almost two thirds of the way done basically.
2: Yeah. And it, it, it depends on format a little bit, but I think at least in my home league, Steve, cause we try to move up the playoffs to where it's not, you know, uh, all the, the expanded rosters and people getting shut down for playoffs and everything. So we have like three and a half, four weeks left. But on the other hand, we just had all-star breaks. So like, When we're doing off-season articles and talking about, you know, Jorge Soler starting in July 13th, completely turned it around and stuff, like, that's only, like, eight games ago or ten games ago. So, like, I think there's still plenty of room, albeit, yeah, I mean, in terms of games played, we're a little bit deeper this year into the All-Star break. But I think there's some of these names here that you wouldn't be too surprised next year if everyone was like, oh, they really
1: turned it on in the second half and... You know that's what we're trying to get out in front of, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I know my home league does some things where like the finals and quarterfinals are, are two week long, two weeks long, so that shortens the season there. Uh, we try to miss that last week. I think it's yeah, just so that you're not getting all those games where nobody's playing and things like that. Uh, I think it's a little different this year that like the season ends on like a Monday or Tuesday, so like. You kind of can just skip that Monday and Tuesday, and hopefully not get too many of those games if you go up to that Sunday. But mm-hmm. still, uh, it gets real late, real early in fantasy baseball. So, yeah, well uh, we're we're to it. This is our last July show. So, uh, believe it or not, we're we're in the final two months uh, of, of baseball season, essentially.
2: The grind is on, and thank you guys for joining. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at wins Above Pod. I'm at van underscore verified, and Steve is at stav 8818. You guys feel free this time of year, any anything you want on the show, feel free to email us, winsabovefantasy at gmail.com. Happy to bring any of your personal circumstances on the show and talk through some advice. But, yes, yeah, Steve, we're we're talking late-season ads, and we talked about kind of the, the preface of this show is just how thin – it seems like it's getting out there, and it's like, you know, you you read articles or you listen around the industry, and like, it's kind of universal consent that, well, yeah, if you want to add this guy, go ahead. But it, it's kind of getting toward that desperation part of the season. I think we still have to do our diligence on if they're making any adjustments, if we're seeing plate discipline improvements, thing things of that nature. But for the most part you probably are seeing guys on the wire that at one point you've rostered already this season and other people have as well. So we've got a a lot of names and because of the nature of this kind of being lightning in the bottle a little bit, we have a lot more names than usual and we probably won't go quite as deep. But with that said, let's jump in and start with the hitters. And I paired a couple fillies here, Steve, and maybe starting with... The one who's who's rostered by more managers, it's Alec Bohm, who is 35% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. And Boehm is kind of a post-type sleeper a little bit. A lot of people were excited about the hit tool when he came up. He never really put the, the power with it, and then the hit tool itself wasn't as reliable. So I think the industry really kind of fell off Boehm and has been slow to buy the success he's had this season. Now... It might be a little hollow batting average, the season line, 290, just six homers, one steal, 45 runs is not bad, 37 RBI, and a 723 OPS. But the past month, Bohm has just been on fire. Uh, Going into today, he had been hitting 415 over the past 30 days with a 1012 OPS and two of those six homers. So, again, not quite as sweet on, like, a 5 by 5 league because he's not getting you kind of the power speed, but I believe he had a big day today as well. I think he went two for four with, uh, I, th- I want to say, a couple RBIs, single-double. So any interest on Alec Bohm, Steve? Uh, third is always kind of a scarce position. What are your thoughts here? Are you buying it? Are you streaming it? W- what are you thinking with Boehm?
1: Yeah, it, it just seems like there's a lot of growing pains going on and he's trying to figure it out and 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 trying to put it all together and I I guess it has me mildly intrigued right like there's a lot of good signs like he's cut down the K rate this year it's under 20 percent he's also cut down his ground ball rate it was at 53 percent last year it's down to 45 percent so we'd love to see that he's trading that for for fly balls and line drives but you know with that uh the hard hit percentage is down uh from about 40% uh, last year, 38% last year to, to just 30%. So, you know, it seems like he's making more contact, but that contact isn't as good. So it, it seems like if he could like pair last year's, you know, um, power skills where he was hitting the ball harder um, mm-hmm. with the plate discipline gains, From this year and the better ground ball rate and fly ball and line drive rate, then there could be a breakout. So it's like he's kind of piecing it all together right now. You're getting that good average and maybe he's tapping into it a little bit. Well, like you said, this month, he's got two home runs, uh, an OPS over over a thousand. But, you know, I I, I, it's still just two home runs because the, 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 the actual hard hit percentage is not you know, barreling up the ball like we would hope. Um, but that really gives me hope for Boehm as a sleeper for 2023. Um, but for now, it might just be like a an, an empty batting average. But, you know, the, the Phillies' offense have been a, a lot better since they fired Girardi, and, and since June as a whole, they've been better as a team. So um, definitely worth it as like a corner infield now, but I just don't think it might not be like – oh, you know, Alec Baum, uh, power surge in the second half. I think that might be more of a an off-season thing that he pairs it together with uh, the batted ball metrics from last year and the plate discipline games from this year, ideally. Yeah, spot
2: on. Last year, he ended the, the season in August. He had a 10% barrel rate. He started this season in April, had an 11% barrel rate. And in June and July, it's been it's averaged out to like a 5% barrel rate. So it definitely sounds... A lot like the narrative that you're painting. That said, if you're in a pinch, you've got the Pirates on his next series. Then he's got Atlanta, but then he's got Washington. So it might be a stream uh, following Washington. It is the Marlins and the Mets, so some tougher uh, pitching matchups there. But let's move over to his teammate, Bryson Stott. Because this is a guy, Steve. We were watching pretty closely. I believe he had a huge spring, and we were seeing. We were waiting to see if he was going to get a starting role, and I think he got. Um, he might have made the roster, but got sent down pretty quick. And in general, on the season, it looks pretty ugly. Batting one ninety three, just a five ninety OPS, seven homers, three steals. So offering a little bit more than Boehm in kind of the power speed department, and I believe his minor league stats kind of reflect that as well. The past two weeks for Bryson Stott, uh, just a 250 average, but a 930 OPS, and he's now getting moved up, hitting in the middle uh, middle part of the order. So there's some interesting things with Stott. I think maybe the biggest is the plate discipline gains, where his he's taking more walks and the strikeout rate has just gone way down. So he's definitely maturing, kind of at his young age, with his plate approach and there, it feels like there might be a little bit more of that unknown ceiling here. To where I, I think the the roster ship cause Stott is just seven percent rostered, Boehm is thirty five percent. I don't think the difference between the two in my book should be that large. Like I don't think Boehm should be rostered five times more than stop. But um, maybe I'm biased because I know we were kind of hyping him up before the season. What are your thoughts on Price and stop?
1: Yeah, I think that's just a factor to the fact that you see a slash line of a 193 average and a 590 OPS. But um, a little would you rather? I would rather have Bryson Stott than Alec Bohm. Um, if you okay. look at his rolling graphs on fan graphs, uh, I just have a, a simple one of Woba and hard hit percentage. Um, you just see the hard hit percentage basically shoot up from like game number 45 to to now at game. 61 you know uh his his five game or his 15 game rolling hard hit percentage is at 40 42 percent whereas you know for the most of the year it was at down like 17 percent 20 percent. so not good and then with that his woba has just skyrocketed up um so yeah you look at the savant page all of the batted ball metrics are you know ice cold blue but there's some nice uh you know plate discipline skills like you know the whiff percentages Really good. The chase rate is really good. Um, He's not striking out that much. He takes a walk as well. And he's got that 89 percentile sprint speed. So, um, you know, he was sent down earlier. I think there was an injury too. Um, But I, I think this is a great, you know, power speed combo profile that's really you know kind of figuring it out and the fact that with his struggles on the year he still just had an 18.4 percent carry and 8.8 percent walk rate so better than league average on both uh i am really really interested in, in bryson stott i know he's just got seven barrels but i'm sure most of those have come in the that last month that you're that you're or the last two weeks that you're that you're talking about there where he's had that 930 ops so uh, I am really, really intrigued by Bryson Stott.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good one, and and today as well. I know we're kind of micro analysis here, but one for three with a run scored, a walk, no strikeouts. Um, yeah, he's got like two strikeouts in his past ten games, so that's really encouraging. The type of stuff you want to see. So Stott has the obviously the same matchups. Bohm has coming up with with at Pittsburgh, at Atlanta, and then Washington. So. Another one that could be a worthwhile stream. Uh, let's talk catcher, Steve. And Carson Kelly is another guy who has been on an absolute tear the past month, batting 368 and .1131 OPS, four homers in that stretch, 12 RBIs as well. And now he's been leading off against lefties, which is really interesting considering he's a catcher and his season batting average is .218, which is really low. But Carson Kelly is another one who's kind of a a post hype sleeper. I know there was a, a ton of buzz with the Cardinals um and and now it seems like they're they're giving him the run and he's making the most of it. So, what are your thoughts on Carson Kelly here? You're kind of the master of the catcher carousel. So curious on on your take on this one.
1: Yeah, uh there was a time where where Kelly he's he's had flashes like this, right? Like I think it was in 2019, he was like one of the better catchers for stretch, and I think he got he got hurt. Um, yeah, it was 2019. He had a you know a, a 3.39 woba um, and, and, and uh, you know uh, close to an eight percent Bowery. rate, and you know there was pretty exciting stuff uh, with Kelly back then. And then he was hurt, and then 2020 wasn't great, and same thing sort of happened last year. I think he was even hot for a small stretch last year too. But when he's healthy, he kind of does hit pretty well. Um, and it's funny this and the, and the next question we're talk about. I was actually you know just looking at hitters in my in my home league and sorted by like the last thirty and went by the fan track scoring and who were the two best hitters. It was Carson Kelly and the next guy that we'll talk about it as a little little teaser there. So. Um, yeah I, i'm absolutely thinking about it um I, i've debated adding kelly and the next guy for william contreras in my home league uh, just because contreras doesn't um play that mm-hmm. often uh, and it's kind of cooled off and he's kind of the opposite of brightson stott where he had that really really good stretch and and had a, a you know has an ops so you know well over 800 but it's being carried by his, like, April and May. So I think it might be time to, to add one of these two uh, for me coming up soon. But I really like Kelly. It seems like, uh, you know, when he's in there, uh, he he hits and, and, and is, is, is a good hitter. You know, he doesn't kill you with strikeouts. Uh, he's taken a walk in the past. Uh, he isn't walking as much this year. But, again, it's, it's still only, you know um, – 161 plate appearances because he's he's been health, uh injured, but five home runs in that time. What that that pro rates out for a catcher to like 15 to 18 homers, which would yeah. be really good. So uh, I, I like Kelly a lot and think uh, he's worth a ride on the the catcher carousel if you're riding it like I am.
2: Yeah, he had uh, he had those 18 homers in the 2019, 2019. season. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about yeah, and and uh, really the biggest difference is all of his seasons leading up to that 2019 season, pretty much his time with the Cardinals, he was around like a 60% ground ball rate. Since he went to the D-backs, it it dropped to 37%, 41%, 31% on the ground ball rate. So he's traded all of that out for line drives, fly balls, obviously. And yeah, I I think this one is really interesting, just 16%. He he, he had 13
1: homers in, in 98 games last year too, so... You know, on a rate basis, he's been really, really good. Those 18 homers only came in 314 at-bats in 2019, too. So,
2: Yeah, definitely a per-game pace that's right up there with any catcher. So, Yeah. yeah, next series is at Atlanta, which if you can stomach that one, then he's got Cleveland, the Rockies at home, Pittsburgh at home, and then at Coors. So definitely some some great matchups there after Atlanta. Uh, but talk about Kyle Raleigh, Steve. Um, similar roster rate with Yahoo at just 15% rostered. Uh, but he's another guy who's kind of been turning it on. Uh, what are you seeing with Raleigh? And then I might put you on the spot between the two of these guys.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I mean, there was, there was some hype with Raleigh last year too, right? I think he was, you know hitting, you know, well above 300 at AAA last year and was sort of another guy that was, you know, sort of hyped up, not to the level of Jared Kelnick but, you know, they were kind of killing it for, the, for Tacoma there uh, for the Seattle Minor League system last year. He kind of came up last year, played a decent amount, had 47 games and fell flat on his face. Uh, it was a slow start this year, but, I mean, he's another guy with, you know, talk about pop at the catcher position. He's got 14 home runs and 209 at bats this year. Uh, and is basically widely available in, you know, all 12 or 10 leagues or, you know, one catcher leagues. I know Yahoo's one catcher league, so that holds that roster ship percentage down. Like Kelly and Raleigh are definitely scooped up in, in all two catcher leagues, but these guys are are approaching one catcher viability. Uh, in the last 30 days, Raleigh has uh, five home runs, a 780 OPS. Uh, he's a starting catcher for the Mariners um, and and has really sort of become that, like, you know, not going to kill you in batting average for a catcher, but is going to help you in all the power categories. You know, uh, 14 home runs uh, for a catcher so far is, is no joke, and, and most of those have come since basically – um, You know, May, June, where he got off to that really, really dreadful start. Uh, I'll pull up his splits now, but uh, I, I really like Cal Raleigh and I would consider adding him in most one catcher leagues. Yeah. And since we're talking upcoming matchups on everybody while you're looking at
2: that, he, he's got the Astros on the road, uh, then at New York against the Yankees, and then home against the Angels. Yeah. So, so a little if, bit tougher of a stretch there.
1: In, in April, he hit 083 in 24 at-bats. In May, he hit 167 with three home runs in uh, 42 at-bats. And then in June, it was 250 with uh, with six home runs and then 238 so far in July with uh, another four home runs. So, uh, serviceable. Yeah, yeah, very, very, more than serviceable uh, with those 10 home runs and, you know, essentially a, a 245 batting average over the last two months, so um you know playing playing for the most part every day um you know for a catcher that is uh, he's going to sit the day after night games whatever but the mariners have been good their offense have been better uh it's it, it, it's a it's a good ad would you lean kelly in the
2: short term just because of the matchups <sighs>
1: um probably though yankee stadium is a nice place to go to uh i know he is uh um he is he's a he's a righty though so uh, oh, oh no he's a he's a switch hitter uh, what is this Fangress has bats B what what is that uh, both both is it or I thought it's usually S for switch uh, yeah he he's a he's a switch hitter uh, even better so um, I I think I like this is a cop out like I like Raleigh for for power um, Kelly okay. for for a little bit more of an a- average floor. Um, and and Kelly is playing mostly like the, you know sometimes they 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 get Varsho back there. Uh, I know he's probably playing mostly in the outfield. Uh, mm-hmm. So Riley might be a little bit safer with abs, but they they're getting around the, the same amount of at bats. Uh, I guess I'd go Kelly for the matchups. Yeah, that's a tiebreaker with the caveat that like if you need strictly homers uh, and can stomach the batting average. Go Raleigh. Uh, go Raleigh, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I was going to work on
2: a segue to get to Josh Naylor, the next guy, Steve, but my phone just lit up that he just hit another home run. Nice. His 14th of the season. Coming into tonight, Josh Naylor was batting 280 with 13 homers, 2 steals, 31 runs, 52 RBIs, and 832 OPS. We've talked about Naylor a lot, Steve, and just how good the plate discipline has been. It's just surprising to me that still just 53% rostered on Yahoo. I know the Guardians aren't a great offense, but he's right there batting like third or fourth in the order. And he's red hot right now. Um, four multi-hit games in his last six. I I mean, to me, it just seems like this is a no-brainer, especially in like a points league. But um, I, I'm in on Josh Naylor. I know it's uh, probably deeper leagues because of that 53% roster rate there, but what what are your thoughts on Naylor, and do you see this as a guy who deserves a little bit more respect and attention next year in the draft rooms?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's kind of under the radar. Uh, he was on the IL for a oh, bit, yeah. right? There were there yeah, was two like separate a stints, games. I think. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, had that not happened, like, you know, he'd probably be closer to, like, 20 home runs with, you know, uh, this is 830 OPS, like... Uh, there, there's really not much to like, you know. Uh, not not to like. He's got under a 16% strikeout rate. He takes a walk at 7%, um, and all the batted ball metrics are, are are you know essentially like the 65th percentile or better. Um, barrels up the ball well. Doesn't swing and miss that much. Um, it, this is this is a really really good under the radar play um, for next year because I just think that. The counting stats might not be there. Who knows? Uh, maybe there's another 13 home runs, and he gets close to 30 uh, over the next two months. And and we're talking about Naylor as like a top 150 pick, but um, he's quietly put together a, a really really good season with the the underlying metrics to back it up. Uh, a 9.2 barrel uh, rate is is no joke.
2: Yeah. Yeah, kind of a stat cast darling, and he's only just twenty five. He was a first, round first pick rounder, yeah. Back in back in twenty fifteen. So yeah, I think it's time we kind of uh pay closer attention to Naylor and his sixteen percent K rate is is fantastic. So I'm with you. All systems go there. Upcoming games for Naylor. He does have uh road matchups against the Rays and then the Diamondbacks, the Astros, and then on the road against the Tigers. So some good, some bad there. Speaking of Tigers, let's go to Heimer Candelario, just 7% rostered on Yahoo, but I promise that's climbing as we speak because Candelario's been on fire. He had uh, coming into tonight, I guess on, what, Tuesday and Monday, I want to say, three homers in his yes. past two games, and I believe Candelario did some damage as well today. Let me check real quick. Great radio. Three for four with two singles, a double, and two RBIs, so... Candelario's hot, and he had a really good second half last year. The season line's not really looking pretty with just a 207 batting average. He does have 10 home runs, um, but the past month, a 910 OPS. I think Candelario's pretty interesting, Steve. He just got uh, grabbed in my home league, and I was kind of bummed about it because I had Stanton go on the IL. Um, is this. You know, it's hard to get too excited about Candelario because he's always kind of that revolving waiver wire guy mm-hmm. who's been on nine teams roster at some point in the season in your league. But what are you thinking? Is this at least a uh, ride the wave until he cools off or what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's a ride the wave. I just don't know how much longer that's going to be. Uh, I know a lot of people like Candelario as a sleeper last year or heading into this year in draft season. I know gray at Rasball. Wrote up a sleeper post on him, and there was there was a good amount of reason. You know that that second half was impressive, and there were some good uh, underlying metrics. You know the max exit velocity was good. Um, the XBA backed up. You know that that uh, you know two eighties average that he had, and had close to an eight hundred OPS um, last year. Or sorry, he hit two seventy last year, but still, that's that's really good, especially in, in, in this run environment. Coming off a year in twenty twenty where he hit close to three hundred. Uh, with an 8.72 OPS, so um, you know I, I understand why there w- was some hype. Um, who knows? Maybe he might be sort of the second half player. You know that 2020 was technically in, in the second half, so uh, <laughs> that there could be something to that there for some soft analysis. But um, he's been good. You know, uh, has shown that he can go on runs that are more extended than this than this week, but. I'm sort of turned off by the fact that the first half was so so bad you know none of the underlying metrics were 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 that good uh except for the barrel percentage I was in the 70th percentile he's got a a ten point four percent barrel rate so there I am uh you know making myself disagree with what with what I think that's uh <laughs> something something to look to so over the last yeah. three years it's been ten point three percent nine percent and ten point four percent um and it's not like the K rate has, has skyrocketed or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, who knows? A, there could be a there could be a run here. Uh, I, I, I like it. The more I look into it,
2: yeah, it's kind of a bit of a head scratcher because you look at like you know his plate discipline is is good enough for being kind of like a bigger power guy, but it, you know I think it's probably the hard hit rate isn't very high despite yeah. the, like when you see ten percent barrel rate. It's surprising to see, like on Savant, like a thirty six percent hard hit, and then, you know, even the the ground balls at like forty one percent is not terrible. It just he he must just have a lot of kind of, you know, loud outs and warning track power and stuff like that. But yeah, last year it was impressive in the second half, eleven homers and like an eight eighty OPS. So if he can replicate something like that, he's only twenty eight years old.
1: There's two things that might have been going against him in the first half. One. Detroit is like the worst place to hit for, for, in, in baseball. Cold weather and everything. And cold and just weather. In general. Yeah. And two, the, the deadened balls might have hurt a guy like Candelaria that's kind of got fringe power and needs to get the most out of his barrels. And if those barrels are losing 10 to 15 feet and maybe 20 feet in, in the colder weather when the humidors is working against him, um, this might be the exact type of player that, that it hurts. But now that it's warm and, you know, there's rumors of the juice balls being back and things like that um and maybe this this could this could help cancel go on go on a run here
2: we'll talk about some more hot hitters in a second but first we're going to take a real quick ad break and we'll be right back All right, so Steve, you're going to like these next two here because they've got <laughs> the Steve Giswelly stamp of approval. Steven Kwan, man, it's been a roller coaster as someone who's rostered him all year. 36% rostered in Yahoo, and he is on the rise. Kwan, don't look now, Steve, batting 295 on the season. Sure, just two home runs, seven steals I think is you know, more than you would uh, hope for at this stage of the season from where we're at preseason. Great runs, uh not as great on RBIs with forty-six runs, twenty-seven RBIs, and you're not really counting on Quan for an OPS, but it's seven fifty on the season. Past two weeks, Quan is hitting three fifty-six with an eight seventy-two OPS, mainly because he's just going nuts every with all these multi-hit games, eight-game hitting streak. Back to batting leadoff. Uh, Your thoughts on Stephen Kwan? Is he a must-add if you're in a points league or if you're looking for batting average help?
1: Yeah, you're not going to hear from me otherwise. Uh, It's been it's been a fun run for him, and I think that you know that that's sort of what this profile provides you. You know, like there's going to be stretches where you know there's no power and he's hitting. You know, at worst, 250, 270. But when he's going, it's going to look like this. Uh, you know, he even popped a homer. I think there was another one that, like, went off the very top of the wall where he would have had, you know, two homers in four games or something like that recently. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's it's really going to help you in batting average. You know, the 295 on, on the season is, is no joke. Uh, I, I was hoping, and, you know, my preseason bowl prediction would be, like, you know, he would have had... You know six or seven homers at this point uh mm-hmm. the is kind of in line with with what what i was hoping for but you know no one really saw how dead this ball was going to be and you know uh, a guy that, that that is a you know a slap hitter like kwan isn't going to you know come close to even 15 home runs which was you know the pie in the sky uh wish casting uh dream i had for kwan there but that being said like there's no reason why he shouldn't be on on most teams with with the that average that he's going to provide you uh and and the runs that'll come along with it and he's been definitely a a nice surprise in steals and has had a few recently i think there was like a point in in may where he really only had like one stolen base uh so a lot of that has has come in the recent months and have definitely uh been a nice trend to see
2: yeah, what's great about Kwan is even when it's bad, there's such a cushion. You know, it, it, he'll go mm-hmm. one for four. You know, you're not getting those 0 for doesn't 8, two-game yeah, stretches. Yeah, out, yeah, he puts the bat on the ball. And, um, yeah, I think
1: he's a really good glue guy to just kind of preserve some of your, your ratio stats and everything. He, he's got a 117 WRC plus with two home runs. That That's impressive. That's all I need to say. Uh, He does have the Rays on the road
2: next, so tough opponent there. Then the D-backs, then the Astros, then at Detroit. We just kind of talked that through with Josh Naylor. So a couple good ones, a couple bad ones, but yep, I'm with you on Quan. Let's talk about the next guy, Steve, who you have also been hyping up. Uh, This is a big tip of the cap, Steve, because this is a guy who is now 61% rostered in Yahoo and counting. And I think when you brought him up on the show as a little testimonial for our listeners, it was probably three or four episodes back, and it was like 1% rostered. I think I might have been making fun of you of like, who, who we got here, Steve? <laughs> Ramon Urias for the Orioles, who in and of themselves have been an awesome surprise this season. Urias is batting two sixty-eight on the year with 11 homers, 33 runs, 36 RBIs, a seven seventy-eight OPS. And in the past month has been white hot, batting three ninety seven with an eleven thirty-three OPS. Eight-game hitting streak right there with Quan on how hot he is. Six of his last 11 games multi-hit. Um, man, it's it was a great call, Steve. And I think there's still time for a lot of managers to jump on board if we think that. I mean, of course, it's not going to stay how it's been in the past three, four weeks. But is this legit from Ramon Urias?
1: Uh, Louis Urias's brother. I did not know that until they both homered yesterday for like the Ooh. second or third time in their in their major league career, which is which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. How much of that sixty one percent is the waft bump? You know, we got to give our, ourselves some credit there. Who knows? Yeah, we'll take a couple. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll take a, a few percentage <laughs> points there at, at at least. But yeah, the Orioles have been really good, um, and Urias has what looks like some legit power. Um, it, it, it's it's backed up by, uh, you know, a really, really good uh, stack-ass page. 89 percentile hard hit percentage, 72nd percentile on average exit velocity, and 68 percentile on barrel rate. Um, it, that That's good stuff. You know, you love to see that as sort of a, a, a non-flash-in-the-pan type of thing. And another guy that doesn't really kill you with... With strikeouts, that shows 22%. Um, 48% hard hit rate, you like to see that. Uh, and it's backed up by the X stats, too, a 269 XBA and a 453 X slug. So, um, you yeah, know, if you need middle infield help, I, I know I, I did. I made a few trades and then slide in. Urias is a, a shortstop, third base. I think in, in, in Yahoo, he's got second and third uh, and short. Uh, so, three, like a, all around the diamond. Uh, in uh, Fantrax, at least uh, that's the case. Uh, Yahoo has at least third and short, so uh, I, I, I like it a lot. And you know uh, that that sixty one percent is probably boosted by the fact that he's been on such a terror recently. Um, but eleven thirty three OPS over the last month, uh, you, you love to see it uh, and, and think Urias is is worth a roster spot if he's not already scooped up in your league.
2: Yeah, and he has the potential to keep doing more damage with the upcoming matchups at Cincinnati, at the Rangers, and then home in Camden against the Pirates. So three pretty tasty matchups there for Urias, so definitely jump on that. Let's segue over to a a smaller victory lap, Steve, one that's only a week old, but we talked about Luis Renjifo for the Angels. Just 5% rostered. He's definitely a deep league option. Again, kind of a glue guy. Kind of a, you know, you're not getting as many homers and steals here, but on the season, now batting 268 with a 715 OPS. And really, he just keeps on hitting. When we talked about him last week, we were saying this is a guy who could benefit from the Angels' cushy schedule and so far he's making good on it. i mean past past couple weeks he's batting 400 with a 948 ops past month batting 321 with an 812 ops he's actually getting some some run up in the, like the top 3 4 in in the batting order so i think Ren is pretty interesting i mean i've watched him i'm sure you have steve with all the otani shares in the west coast games but he's kind of a spark plug player i think he's pretty fun to watch and I, i'm not saying it should be much higher because it's you know there's not the power speed but i think he's a guy who you could plug into your lineup for a week or two to get some hits uh what do you think on Renhefo?
1: yeah this is this is a good play um definitely a deep league play i, I wonder what his roster ship percentage on nfbc is i could look that up in a second but uh you know probably a, a been a been a, a decent add there over the last month uh It's funny, like, he's been, like, this Angels' second-best hitter, and he's got a a 7.03 OPS. Uh, Taylor Ward has been pretty, pretty bad since he had that shoulder injury uh, in mid-May, which has been a shame and kind of coincides with when the Angels became a dumpster fire, right? Like, they were Mm -hmm. sitting in a playoff position basically through May and then have won, like, five games since, like, the only games that Otani started. I, I saw a stat. It was, like, they won the other day. And it was the first time that they won in a non-Otani start since, like, July 6th or something like that. It was wow. just absolutely crazy. Um, but I think is a, a nice little player here. There, there's some, you know, improvements in his exit velocity. It's nothing elite or anything like that, but he's, he's hitting the ball harder. Uh, best hard hit rate of his career. Uh, still just at 34%, but... Um, goes to show you you don't need to do much to be the second best sitter on the angels uh i like it <laughs> a, a, as a deeper play uh i wouldn't be scrambling to add him in a 10 or 12 league, league yeah. team league and anything like that but definitely in like 14 or deeper
2: yeah and we talked last week about the strength of schedules uh and some of the advantages across the league if you guys missed that show you can go back and check it out but the Angels have some of the best hitter matchups the rest of the season, and the upcoming ones for Ren Hifo are the Rangers, the A's at Seattle, and then at Oakland again. So gets gets the Athletics there twice in the next four matchups. So
1: yeah, and Oakland's been pitching pretty well, but I think those pitchers, you know, Cole, everyone who we're going to talk about, Montas, uh, will probably be gone. So uh, yeah. you might be getting some AAA pitchers there. Uh, make that even juicier. Yeah, totally.
2: Uh, I think the last one here before, oh no, I guess we got a a couple more, but Nico Horner is another guy who's kind of been, you know, up and down throughout the season. Now rostered at 53% of leagues in Yahoo and Horner's another one that kind of in the same school as, as Josh Naylor. I think we need to start viewing him as potentially a guy next year. That's worth a little bit of a bump on, on draft season. His season line so far is 306, six homers, 10 steals, kind of in that Stephen Kwan line that you were Mm -hmm. talking about, Steve, and a 780 OPS on the season. That's been propped up by the past month where Horner has batted 330 with an 855 OPS, four steals in that time. Uh, He's batting fifth most games. He'll probably move up the order even more, assuming the Cubs sell before the, the deadline, whether that's... Hap or Contreras or whatever it is but Nico Horner is pretty interesting I think um you know again this is probably a guy who's rostered in most like 15 team leagues but even in shallow leagues I think this is a, a good option to get you another handful of steals the rest of the season and really help with average
1: yeah uh, I I sort of threw threw it away and didn't really pay attention just because the barrel it's so bad the hard hit rate isn't great and I think we've talked about that too. Like that's like, you know, you fall victim and miss a a player who might not barrel up the ball or, you know, have the elite exit velocity, but is still a good player. And that's exactly what I think Nico Horner is. Um, He definitely gets the most out of it. Like to have the six home runs with just three barrels is, is, uh, with just eight barrels is, uh, is, is just, is, is impressive. But, you know that that's fine there. Like right, like he's going to end up with uh, probably a ten at eighteen steal season. Like that's really really good. And with a guy that has that kind of batting average skill, like it, it's it's Stephen Kwan with a little more pop. Like uh, uh, I should be all over this, and and will be uh, next year. And he's he's coming into his age, you know, twenty five season. So there might be some a, l- a little bit of power growth there uh, as he enters his power prime. Um. So uh, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, he he's rostered in, in most of the 14 team and under that that I'm in. Uh, but it, it, if he's out there in shallower leagues, I definitely think he, he's worth a shot. And you know, it, it probably will bat like third or something, right? Uh, and, and definitely the top third of the order once those guys are uh, are traded out of Chicago. So uh, should be some nice at least lineup placement uh, boost there. Yeah, I think last
2: note is just his his spray charts are almost perfect for someone with his hit tool because he he really hits to all fields. But the power he does have is dead pull. So it, it yep. he strikes me as a guy who just you know he's not kind of blindly swinging. It seems like yeah. he's he's kind of a hitter's hitter. Uh, That's how you make
1: there. the most out of out of eight barrels is you pull the ball right like and and get the get the most out of them. That's exactly, a great call there.
2: Yeah. Um. All right. Well, these last two are much deeper. I think we can probably pair them together. But if you're looking for some speed, we got Victor Robles, uh, who has really fallen off the face of the earth as a, a fantasy darling. But the season line has has been bad, which is why he's just 3% rostered. Betting 243. He does have 12 steals on the season, just three homers, uh, 629 OPS. But the past two weeks, Steve batting three thirteen with an eight thirteen OPS. He's got three steals during that time frame. I know it's a really small sample size. Leading off the past two games, though, after batting ninth in the order, just curious if there's anything with Robles. And then the last one had to shout out former Peoria Chief Magnerius Sierra. 0% (laughs) rostered, but the contract was purchased by the Angels. He replaced Jonathan VR. And he was actually really good in AAA leading up to that with a 295 average, uh, 356 OBP. And, yeah, his, his uh, first full game with the Angels, he went two for four with two steals. Eleven steals last year with the Marlins, so there's a little bit of speed for Sierra.
1: Between Sierra and Robles, does
2: either one of these interest you, uh, or are you kind of taking a hard pass on these two?
1: Um, if I needed speed, I would definitely be adding Robles. Uh, not much else. I, I think it just might be a bit of a hot run here. Uh, Victor Robles has to be the award for the worst Statcast page, like in, in the Statcast <laughs> era. Like it's just always like one percent average exit velocity, one percent hard hit percentage. It's it's crazy. Uh, you know, for a former top prospect, that just it was like literally right. Like wasn't like, everybody was, talking? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. He was, it was he like was him. It guy. was like Vlad. And then Victor Robles was like too, right. That was crazy. Totally. And then there was uh, all the debate
2: about like, well, what about when he's bunting or like, yeah, you know, yeah, is yeah. that killing his, x uh,
1: ex stats uh, no. and all that. He just cannot hit the ball hard, um, consistently at least. But, um, sure. Uh, it's nice to see the 12 stolen bases. Cause like there was times when he was like this, like where he like wasn't even running. Right. Uh, in, in some years past, um, Right, uh, you know mm-hmm. he had eight, he had twelve steals combined. I know that there was a, a shortened season, but a guy with his sort of sprint speed, it, it, it's crazy. After that twenty eight steal season in twenty nineteen, when he had seventeen home runs too, oh my god, uh, I, I was victim of that. I, I bought into that for the last two years, and finally this year, uh, gave it up. But you know, last year those eight stolen bases came with six caught stealing too. He's only been caught once this year um so yeah it, it's a good source of cheap speed other than that uh not really much interested sierra i think is a a cool call it was impressive numbers at AAA. uh extremely small sample uh but he has a 50 percent hard hit rate i think it's only like four bad balls but still hey uh another guy that might be a, a little bit better at, at hard contact than victor robles who could steal you some bases too so yeah um, probably worth a half- worth a flyer in like extremely deep like only leagues yeah, or
2: that might be an
1: NFBC one if you're like desperate yeah. for steals and and you want to
2: just see where this goes um, with with the Angels and their dump dumpster fire offense. So let's shift over to pitching, Steve. And you talked about how Cole Irvin with the A's has been pitching better. Just 35 percent rostered in Yahoo, and it's looked good over 102 innings, just 70 Ks, but the 3.08 ERA and a one oh seven WHIP. What do you see with Cole Irvin here, especially if he gets moved? This might be someone who's who's kind of getting scooped up more and more if he, he lands on a good, good squad.
1: Yeah, I, I streamed him for that start in Texas. He was amazing um, and then dropped him because it was the Astros, but he just... Absolutely owns the Astros. Uh, the la- he's he's faced them three out of the last four starts. I think he's gone at least five and a third innings and hasn't given up more than two runs versus them. It's wow, absolutely crazy and, and really impressive. Uh, the last month in July, he's had 27 innings pitched, a 1.67 ERA, 18 strikeouts, and two walks. So he's not going to strike out the world. Uh, you know the the indicators uh, you know tell you that. Uh, they all say he should be around. Uh, Anywhere from a four thirty ERA to a four fifty seven. Uh, although Fip, uh you know, the the simplest one uh gives him a three seven nine, uh, to back up that three oh eight ERA. Uh but sure, you know, uh if he gets traded it's probably gonna go to a, a worse park context. But I, I think could be sort of still still valuable. Um I am really, really regretting uh that I dropped him in my home league uh just because uh, I, I traded away some pitching for some hitting recently. Uh, and this could have seemed like it could be a, a nice little under the radar stopgap there. Um, but, you know, it's like a Chris Bassett light, like Oakland for yeah. as bad as they are, right? Like they develop these guys. Like I know Blackburn was their all-star and has sort of faltered lately, but uh, they just develop these guys with non-elite care rate and, and, and don't really walk anybody, and, and just sort of get results. Uh, I, I know that some of that is uh, the ballpark, but you know it took forever for people to buy into Bassett, and you know he's been really, really good uh, uh, the last few years, and, and even more so this year, uh, where he's pitched like a you know a fantasy two three essentially for the whole year. I know he had a rough patch and an injury, but mm-hmm. uh, the A's sort of produced these guys pretty well so I think Irvin might be the next one of that
2: yeah I think that's a great comp and you're right I mean two seasons in people were still like oh it's not real with Bassett right and then you know suddenly this offseason he goes to the Mets and he's getting drafted at like 120 instead of in the 200s and stuff so yeah it'll be really interesting to see if Cole Irvin does get moved if he does not he's in line for the Angels next which Again, is a plus matchup there with Ren Hifo being their second best hitter as of late. So let's uh, let's stay in the West and talk about Mitch White, who he did just get optioned to the minor Steve. As Andrew Heaney made his start on Wednesday, coming off the IL, I believe it was a good start for Heaney as well. Um, but with Mitch White, he he goes down. Do we think he's going to come back up? Because if you take out one blip against the St. Louis Cardinals over his last, like, five starts, the ERA is around, like, two. He's not a huge strikeout guy, but he does get a decent amount of, of volume there. He had that uh, no-hitter going for a while where he pitched well above 100 pitches in that game. And, yeah, 56 innings this season, a three seventy ERA. Um what are your thoughts on Mitch White? If he, if we hear word that he's back up for whether it's injury or whatever the case, is this someone you're you're interested in to round out the rotation?
1: Yeah, there was a quote uh, that went around yesterday by a few Dodgers beat reporters. Like there was some speculation that the Dodgers would use him as their new Ross Stripling, and literally Dave Roberts said, "Yeah, he's our new Ross Stripling. We're going to use him <laughs> like that." So Stripling, you know, if you remember when he was with the Dodgers, he. You were always hoping that he got a start and like he spot started was a bulk guy and was really good. I think that that's kind of what Mitch White can be and and, and will be like a guy that even if he's not in the rotation can provide some fantasy value, right? Like they'll Six use him when in they in want a week it, yeah. Or something, yeah. They'll you know they need some without Bueller, especially right. Like they need to save some guys for the playoffs. I know Arias. They always you know. They don't need to baby him like they did in years past. He pitched, you know, I think like close to 200 innings last year, uh, 180 innings last year. So should be fine. But they'll definitely need him, right? Uh, yeah. I know Dustin May is coming back. Andrew Heaney is another guy who's been great and made his return today, uh, pitched four shutout innings. But they're going to need him to start and have bulk rolls. So I think he'll be back up and is worth uh, at least a watch list or like a minor stash if you have him.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good name to just keep an eye on. And, yeah, the stripling factor, and it's hilarious they're making that official. But, yeah, stripling, that role is definitely valuable in in a handful of different ways. So let's talk about another Mitch. Mitch Keller, Steve, talk about the uh, post-hype. It seems like ages ago when everyone was super fired up about what was his video in the the preseason hitting, like, 101. Yeah, like 101. And and now the the velo is way down, but he's looked better and better as of late. Uh, His past three starts, especially at Miami, in Coors, and then Miami again. So not the best offenses, but he's gone. He went seven, six, and six. So going deep into games, he's still getting about a strikeout an inning. And Keller is just you know it's that time of year where you're looking for help from anywhere. And Mitch Keller is a guy who's been on the fantasy radar for three or four seasons. Do you think this could be legit for Keller and it's finally kind of breaking out? Or do you think this is more flash in the pan and kind of the Nick Pollock every now and then you get some good starts, but that's mixed in with the rest of it, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. It's uh, to be the, the, uh, a a waffler here. Uh, no pun intended on our, on our name. (laughs) Uh, that sounds like a segment, I, I, new I think, segment I think it's, for us. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, the fact that he's only walked three guys in the last 25, pitch, 25 innings pitch is encouraging. Yeah. Um, those four starts were one versus the Yankees two versus Miami and one at Colorado. Uh, Miami has been like the absolute worst offense recently. And I think overall in the year, they might be the worst now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've just been an absolute dumpster fire. So I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've been two starts versus Miami. So I'm not scrambling to add or hold Mitch Keller, uh, simply due to that reason. Uh, I really don't think he'll be super viable until he's off the pirates. Unfortunately, uh, just might be another one of those, uh, Guys that that break out once they they leave the Pirates, uh, unfortunately. So it's been good that the, no walks are encouraging, but I'm still scared of uh, basically anytime he can go out, even in a good matchup, I I could see him giving up six earned runs with with five walks, you know, something like that.
2: Yep, he will get the Phillies on Saturday, so that will be another uh, good one to watch. But the Phillies haven't been uh, they've been better, but yeah, it's I, I think. We're continuing to see—I I guess my point is if Keller can put five or six of these together, then I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about him in the off season yet again just because it is Mitch Keller. So mm. I'll be watching closely on what happens in that start against the Phillies and maybe streaming him into the playoffs given given the matchups. Um, we got to talk about Jansen Junk, Steve, because this is the best name you can possibly have as a pitcher. And he debuted for the Angels tonight against the Royals. Five shutout innings, eight strikeouts, and got the win. Just a one whip on that game. Uh, 3.88 ERA and 10 starts at AAA. And just scouring Twitter, people are asking Eno, like, hey, what's going on with the model? He looked good. And Eno had good things to say. He said he likes the, the fastball slider combo and that the curve was good today. Um, but he's not like a huge pedigree guy. He's never had a huge K per nine in, you know, across minors. Um, But he was with the Yankees until he went to the A's, or I'm sorry, the Angels. And yeah, kind of a late bloomer here, 26-year-old Jansen Junk. What are are we seeing here? I mean, this is obviously very deep, but so far so good on uh, the first outing.
1: I, I joked in the Discord that I, I said I was going to be very, very upset if Jansen Junk threw any harder than 90 miles an hour, and you know, he, he's got a 93 mile an hour fastball, so not quite the junk baller that that I was hoping for. Uh, but still, it's been impressive. I know uh, it, it, it's the Royals, but you know the Angels. Their pitching has been a disaster too, other than basically Otani and Sandoval too, um, and another guy we'll talk about in a little bit who's been. A lot better recently. It was more interesting, but who knows? Uh, I, I'm not scrambling to go at him after this start, mainly because it's it was at KC, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, but the eight strikeouts are encouraging and nice, but uh, would need to see a little bit more before I'm uh, I, I'm all in on 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 Jansen Junk, despite the eighty grade name. <laughs> yes. Uh,
2: okay. Well, let's shift over to. A Miami Marlin pitcher in Braxton Garrett, who has kind of uh set the fantasy world on fire in the past couple of weeks. He had the six inning, eleven strikeout game against the Pirates, then got the Pirates again after break and got the win, six innings, seven K's, just one one earned run on that one, and then went out and had another really good start uh today. Five innings, eight strikeouts at Cincinnati, albeit coughing up some runs there the swing and miss stuff is starting to look legit and Garrett is getting grabbed up quite a bit where he's now 42% rostered all of that has pretty much come in the past week week and a half um, what are our thoughts on Braxton Garrett under the hood are you seeing anything that excites you here? Or is this another one that you might just kind of take a wait and see approach on
1: no I, I'm, I'm very interested in Braxton Garrett uh, a 24% strikeout rate and a 5.6% walk rate like you know, you got me. That's all, all I need to see. Um, you know, uh, the fastball isn't anything overwhelming, but it's up uh, uh, basically a tick from last year. It's at 91 now, which is a lot more passable than it was like 90, 89 in years past when he made some uh, starts for the Marlins. So uh, I, I'm, I'm highly interested. Um, there, there just looks like there's, you know, uh, a, a better, you know, all, all of his pitches looked improved and, What I like to see the best is that he's throwing a slider now uh, as his primary pitch that's up to 34%. Uh, Last year was at 21%, and, you know, we love to see sort of things like that to back up a a jump in K-rate. So I am very, very interested uh, in Braxton Garrett, and that slider is allowing 216 batting average against and has a 40% whiff percentage. So uh, it's a good pitch, uh, and he pairs it with, uh, you know, A fastball, a sinker, and a and a a, you know curve and and changeup that he throws for a combined fifteen percent of the time. So um, not like he's just like a a pure two pitch guy um, with that fastball and slider. He's got a few others that he can go to. So I'm really really interested in Braxton Garrett. Uh, I know he was up to forty two percent in Yahoo. Uh, That was you know he was. Up 36% uh, in Yahoo uh, because he pitched today as a stream versus the Reds. And, you know, on the surface, it didn't look great, right? The five innings and five runs. But AK is one strikeout. Like, if anyone's dropping him in any leagues, I am, you know, down to spend some fab. And if it's a daily move, Lee, or, or fab over the weekend for Braxton Garrett. I know he was a big uh, add over the All-Star break. Uh, but I really, really like what I'm seeing from Braxton Garrett. Love it. Yeah, and and the road game against the Cubs. Next
2: or does he get the Reds again? Do I think know? he
1: gets the Reds again at home, and then at Chicago. So um, better than that, Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know the Reds have been better overall. Uh, Jonathan India seems like he's woken up from his you know first three month coma after I dropped him. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really like Garrett, and if he, he's he's dropped in, in any leagues because that. Subpar surface numbers, five innings, five runs. Uh, I I'll gladly be scooping him up. Yeah, I think that's a, a good one. Maybe worth, maybe worth a low-level trade offer as well
2: if a manager is just like ready ready to cut bait. But um, let's round out Steve with Reed Detmers. This was man another kind of tale of of two seasons where we all remember the. The no-hitter, but it was just with, like, what was it, one strikeout?
1: One one or two strikeouts. One or two
2: strikeouts, and it was kind of a head-scratcher because he's had such good strikeout numbers all through the minors and just a really big name when he got the call-up. And then we kind of all looked at him as kind of a vanilla pitcher until he did some work in the minors and it really looks like it is is coming through his season line overall is kind of balanced out nicely with the 384 era a 107 whip and 63ks in 70 innings but talk about kind of the new reed detmers steve and and what you're seeing with this potential breakout really
1: uh yeah michael simeon sp streamer wrote up uh for his throwing heat series on FanGraphs. uh detmers today it was an, an, a nice job there and just talked about his recent starts uh and it comes down to the new slider. I think he had a, a rehab starter a minor league start uh, a, a few weeks ago uh, where he broke out his, his old slider grip. Uh, the, the velo's increased and he's getting the whiffs now. Like that's what was missing like all year. Like there was, you know, he had that, that pretty rainbow curve and you know, the elite K rate in the minors last year that had us all so excited about it. And he just could not get the whiffs at the major league level, but This new slider grip or new old slider grip seems to be the key. Uh, The last three starts, a 106 ERA, a .94 whip, and a 29.2% strikeout percentage. That is what we were hoping for for Reed Detmers. And it looks like this new slider has been the key to it. Um, So, yeah, Detmers is basically a must-add, probably for the pitchers, uh, my biggest must-add of anyone that we talked about.
2: Yeah, I think to to build on the slider, it's pretty close in terms of like velocity to his changeup, and the, the location swath is like really similar too. And I'm I'm not sure if there's like any tunneling or anything that goes on with that, but the changeup has skyrocketed on whiffs in July as well. Yep. From like a 14 percent, yeah, 14 percent whiff rate on the changeup. League average is 25. in June, up to 40% in July over his last three starts. So, yeah, it seems like what you know it started with the slider, but it's now all clicking, and the fastball velocity is also ticking up from 92.4 in May, 93.2 in June, and 93.6 in July. So, we always talk about the the, those are kind of the the magic numbers for fastballs when you're in between like ninety one miles per hour and ninety three. Uh-huh. and once you break through that, it can really play up. So that fastball has a twenty five percent whiff rate in July as well, which for a fastball is very, very good. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I can't believe just nineteen percent rostered. I think Detmers is is kind of bordering a must add from the you know the pedigree. How he started the season, how he's paired it with the swing and miss stuff. I I think this, we kind of saved the best for last year, uh, especially for pitchers.
1: Yeah, I love it. Uh, Got some breaking news to end the show. The Yankees have acquired an outfielder. no. Andrew Benintendi. No. Oh my no, no. god, <laughs> dude. Uh, I'm sorry I, to tease you I, like. I that. I was about but, to say uh, the Cardinals
2: are leading the race right now for Soto. I thought you were going to Yankee uh, me.
1: Uh, uh, I did. I did you thirty there, but no. Uh, the Benintendi, first, uh, yeah, Benintendi uh, three for three minor league pitchers, but uh, they they got Andrew Benintendi. I guess that means uh, no more at bats for Joey Gallo, which I'm sure Yankee fans will be more than happy to hear about.
2: Yeah, all the all the tweets out there about like. Uh, trade predictions and gal is just dfa next to his i'm like oh we'll see uh steve close out you know if anyone's with us this long you know they're, they're they're willing to talk about it but talk to me you know we we love the home leagues are you making the playoff push how's it going there
1: uh yeah I've, I'm, I'm i'm currently in the playoffs only like nine games back of first um been around that area like all season um but uh, I I texted you. I guess I, I made two gigantic trades. One of them was for Juan Soto, so uh, your boy did get traded, just in uh, not in a, a real life league. <laughs> um, and also took a shot uh, of buying low on Devers since he's on the IL. Um, Those are my, monster yeah.
2: trades, dude. And yeah, yeah. Well, well
1: played to you. I mean, uh, my offense has just been so bad. Uh, I, I, I gave up Machado in the Soto deal. Uh, it was essentially Machado and Luis Garcia. Mm-hmm. Plus uh, O'Neill Cruz for for Soto, which was a I, I think that's fair value. But you know, I, I'm basically hoping that Soto gets traded and has a August and September like he did last year, uh, mm-hmm. and that Devers' uh, injury is not serious. Uh, he hit today, so hopefully it's just the minimum so stint for him. Remind so. me who you dealt to to acquire Devers. Uh, that was Bell and that's Jordan right. Montgomery. Josh Bell uh, and Monty.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So were those were those managers you dealt with lower in the standings or are they were are they like locked yes. up in that? Yes, okay.
1: the Soto the Soto manager was in last, so like that's why you get, did like, you know Multiple pieces. I would, I wouldn't say that was you know, Machado is not a quarter, it's not essentially a four quarters for a dollar. Machado's Yes. You know, close as close, close to a first rounder, if not a first rounder uh bat i would consider him this year as well um but sort of just banking on on soto being like uh, hopefully the best fantasy player for the next two months which if he gets traded i think i think he could be uh yeah. so we'll see uh we'll Love see there.
2: little insight Yep. Yeah, i'm i'm hanging around i'm in i'm in fourth or third place in my home league got a 14th so in the playoff push but
1: I don't know, man. I'm starting to get. Uh, it, 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 it's when when you and I was talking with King Higapo again. Shout out to him on Discord. Like especially when your team is in a slump, like fantasy baseball is absolutely brutal. Oh, dude! Uh, like Ronald Acuna, it, it, man. Tough. Like
2: what's going on? Eight homers. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. If you're on anybody else's <laughs> team, you you wouldn't have a, a 7.55 OPS. But yeah, a lot of these other guys though. And like I said, it's it's this is a great show for me because I got. Staying on the IL, so I'm shopping, so I'm I'm always happy with that. But
1: yeah, uh, who's your who's your hitter you're you're thinking of adding? You know, we got a few hours till this show comes out as we're recording it, so you don't need to spoil anything for your league oh, mates. Man. But I honestly,
2: I thought Naylor was out there, and I was going to do a little bonus segment on him. Oh, and that would like, that would have that live been my, live yeah. ad all the stuff, and then yeah. an hour before the show started, uh, Candelario got scooped up as well. So. I don't know, man. I I could go. I could go. Bryson Stott. Um, the only other guys on this Renhifo is available.
1: No, no Arias. Yeah, he probably got scooped. Yep, up. Yep. No
2: Arias. This. And yeah. then yeah, I mean Robles and Sierra. But I've I've got Steals pretty well covered almost every week. So I'm looking for I'm looking for popping. What killed me is I almost last night I almost said oh I'll just slot in Rowdy Teles because he's my guy and I need a yeah. fill in. And he had the double dong with six RBIs. You know today, what's
1: great? How many? How many of Tellez, How much of Teles' production can be narrowed down to like five games? Yes, it's insane. That's a he's great had, tweet, dude. That'd be least, a great tweet. He's had at least. I know his last four home runs essentially have come in two games, and they've all been like three homer, uh, three three run homers. So, and in between that, he essentially does nothing. So, like that's why he's such a, a frustrating play to player to roster it's so hard to nail those games you basically just have to hope and sit around for, yeah. for that one game that you get but uh who knows he's gone on extended stretches before like like in early in the year where he had uh, a few days with 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 some home runs but uh more recently it's been a frustrating roster for for uh for our boy rowdy there i know we talked about him a lot on this show well round me out steve
2: on on this because the the kind of the bashers that are available. Uh, Jock Peterson, Patrick Wisdom, Isak Paredes, and Castle, Bellinger, like, you know, everyone's either cold or like Castle, it's it's surprising he's out there, but yeah, that he's one for, the... for his past 18 and five for his last 35, like yeah, it's
1: just he, tough to, to pick that He strikes up. out so much that there is you know, a lot of up and down like that's his profile right like remember last year he started off so cold and then got really hot and same with this year i think his june was really good and now his july is 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 cold so it's hard to find that upswing i'm surprised jock is out there uh his, his underlying is good i know he hasn't been as hot recently but who knows uh the the giants are on like a seven game losing streak and you know falling further out of it by the day so i wonder if like jock and and colors for Don could be guys that that go go on the move and jock could really benefit from a a better ballpark and, and lineup and and have a run like he did in the beginning of the year yep yep
2: well i'm sure i'll be bugging you offline about this but love it you get some some much needed sleep over there steve and to our viewers hopefully you guys enjoyed kind of the rapid fire uh players to add late season episode 66 Always love having you guys on. You guys can follow us on Twitter at wins above pod. I'm at van underscore verified. And Steve is at stav 8818. Steve, I know it's a grind, man, but, uh, July wrapped up. It was a blast as always.
1: Yep. Yep. Playoffs are starting. Stretch run starting, uh, making some pushes and like, uh, turf and some NFBC leagues, which is nice. Uh, so, uh, we'll, 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 get the excitement going. You know, uh, once we get through these sort of dog days here and, and have a stretch run for the playoffs and stuff, so yeah, uh, our teams are going yeah, yeah. to get hot, and we'll be like, yeah, yeah it's not get the hot. dog days anymore. Oh, you know, uh, and you know what? That is that really is what it comes down to. My whole mood, <laughs> just in general, is so much worse when my team isn't performing. It, it, it's sad. My poor wife.
2: We're gonna write the ship, folks, yeah. and hopefully yeah. uh, the same happens for you. But <laughs> thanks for tuning in as always, guys. We'll we'll talk to you next Thursday.
1: Thanks for talking baseball with us, guys. Later.